0: season one episode one of the weekly we are speaking podcast at we are speaking we discuss issues pertaining to american history and culture government and politics and education this podcast is sponsored by our company the team owens 313 global creative community where we offer products and services designed for independent writers creative and solo professionals and very small business owners You can find out all about our company at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. And now to our episode for this week, but first a couple of introductions. My name is Pamela Hilliard Owens, and I am an educator, a business coach, an author, and an editor. My husband and business partner and co-host is Keith A. Owens. Hi, Keith. Introduce yourself.
1: former, well, still a journalist, about 30 years, and a musician, and, um... That I don't want to go along, but that's that's <laughs> mostly it. Yeah. Jur- jur- journalist in in Detroit and uh, Denver and Los Angeles, and Published for, author. P- yeah, author author of five books. So right. that's me. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. So now our topics this week, hopefully, we'll get all this in. Include our take on Ukraine, the State of the Union address, and the continued Republican stances on racism anti-everything and anti-everyone who does not fit their version of America and or threatens their quest for power, and the nomination of Judge Patanji Brown-Jackson for the Supreme Court. Keith, why don't you start with our take on Ukraine? That's the number one story. That yeah, that's
1: made. the biggest story written this week, and... I mean, for good reason. I mean, it's we're first time been this close, involved in a, in a major war and involving a superpower with Putin, and I think that so it, it's obvious why we're paying that much attention to it with their invasion of Ukraine and what that could mean and what that threat not. And, and the the other story that comes with that, of course, is the number of uh, hundred, uh, hundred thousands of immigrants who are beginning to pour across borders, you know, seeking refuge because of the invasion of of, of Ukraine and and the, the global sympathy for the immigrants and for Ukraine, all of which I understand and all of which we and we both support. I mean, there should be sympathy for Ukraine. There's obviously should be sympathy for the immigrants and for refugees. the si- refugees. I'm sorry, for the refugees and for their situation and for the, and somewhat fear in terms of what, as crazy as Putin is in terms of what this has the potential to turn into. I mean, this deserves to be a major news story. All that said, the one thing that very few people want seem to want to talk about, uh, to date, I've only seen one story. There may be others, but I've only seen one in the New Yorker. Actually, was a piece that was talking about the fact of the dis- the disparate treatment, the difference in treatment of of the em- of the refugees from the Ukraine versus the refugees from uh, uh, so many other places in the world, from Africa, from South America. And I've witnessed a lot of this as a reporter very often. I know When I worked in Fort Lauderdale as a journalist, they were getting refugees from Haiti all the time. And the, and the difference in treatment between the Haitians and the Cuban refugees was a huge issue over there. And, of course, the only the conclusion that could be drawn of naturally, I mean, was ha- Haitians were black people. They were dark-skinned. And not that there aren't dark-skinned Cubans, but there were, without getting too sticky again <laughs> there, most of the Cubans who were coming across were not the dark-skinned Cubans. And and also the Cubans had a very thick network in Miami, and still do. And so they had a, a, a thing set up very well for any Cuban refugees who came ashore. They were set up. There was nothing set up for Haitian refugees. And so it was much harder for them. Fast forwarding, of course, to this to the, to this issue, what what is happening is that two things are happening that need to be pointed to. And one it's just that there there are one thing that a lot of people did not know and we're not aware of there were no african students in the ukraine and so when ukraine was being invaded there, there this, this wasn't affecting all, all this wasn't affecting just um, the native-born Ukrainians, but it was affecting the African students, and so when, they, when the evacuations happened, when the rep, people were seeking refuge, in addition to the white European Ukrainians, there were the Africans uh, who were seeking refuge, and they were not getting receiving the same treatment.
0: The Africans, uh, the, uh, the Arabs, and, 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 and uh, the Africans the, and the East Indians, East, Indian,
1: Indian. East Indians, right? All, Indian. all the brown, all the brown, dark skinned and, and, and these are people who were in the Ukraine, and so well, the, the question needs to be asked. And and not not just from of outward other European countries, but they were receiving not great treatment from the Ukrainians themselves. Many of them, there were stories of them who were who were trying to seek for help to help them get out of the country, and were and having a deaf ear turned. In. You know, so I think. Um, so number one, why is why is does nobody seem to want to talk about that? But also because you know the the issue of of refugees is nothing new. Obviously, we, there were been stories for months, years of those seeking asylum from troubled countries in South America. And i say, and, and all but the way. And Central America. And Central America. I'm sorry. Central America, South America. And the, and the, and it continues to be many of these same countries who don't want nothing to do with them and don't, and who are mistreating them. Suddenly everybody's in love. You can't. You can't watch a news story without somebody wanting to do something for the, for the refugees, I mean, for, uh, for the refugees in Ukraine. I mean, it's almost a fashionable thing to do. Everybody wants to give money. Everybody wants to open up their homes. Every time I turn on news, there's a story about some other organization of or people who are doing something, or making sure things are going to be okay for Ukrainians. But, we have to say this is, you know, it's a difference. Once again, it's a difference in treatment with white European refugees versus dark skin refugees, and this has been the case for decades, not years, decades. And so that's that's the that's the way we're looking at this. Now. Okay.
0: And and I, I want to, as the historian in the family, mm-hmm. I want to make a couple of corrections. It's not the Ukraine. It's right. Some Ukrainian people were saying that it's, that when people say the Ukraine, that is incorrect. So we have to number one say Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Right. Uh, the other thing is that I saw some in Germany. I think it was in mm-hmm. Germany, people at the train station with signs saying, I have room in my house. Right. You know, I have room for two people. Right. I have room for five people in my house with 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 signs. Right. They did not do that when other refugees from other countries That's right. uh, were, were trying to escape. That's right. It's not only were they not welcome, they were thrown out. out. Absolutely. And so, oh, and, but the other thing I want to talk about, because we have a lot of things to get to, about Ukraine, number one. We are fighting, and when I say we, I mean Americans. We are working very hard for it not to be a war between Russia and America. Our involvement is through NATO. And so Russia is fighting NATO, which is exactly why they don't want Ukraine, why they want to take over Ukraine, there's several reasons. But one of the main reasons is because they do not want Ukraine to join the European Union, or, and when I say they, I mean Putin, President Putin, to join (coughs) NATO or the European Union, and they want to destroy the democratically elected uh, um, president of Ukraine because that doesn't go along with their, meaning Putin's, vision of what Russia is. Putin actually believes that Ukraine is part of Russia, and they're trying to take it back. So when we're worried about what's happening in Ukraine, we have, number one, remember this is a war... Putin against NATO, not Putin against the United States. We have to be very, very careful about that. And remember that in in 9/11, when 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 we were hit in 9/11, then all of the NATO countries immediately said, "A hit against one NATO country is a hit against all of us." So, and nobody said anything then. Everybody was pro NATO then. Right. Literally, literally, the NATO countries stepped up immediately that same day, saying, "We are with you because of NATO." And so we have to do the same thing with, with Ukraine. Ukraine is not part of NATO, but some of the countries around Ukraine
1: Right, that's right. Are, are, part, of are part of NATO. They so are. So
0: if he gets Ukraine, what's he going to do next? Is he going to go into Poland? Is he going to go into Moldavia? Uh, still. And they're already beefing up forces and, and, and because of that. And they're trying to do that. So we have to remember that. And so while we're talking about you know the the, the the strength of Ukraine and Ukraine of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, it is a beautiful thing to see. But that has also happened in other countries. That's right. People have fought against occupation in other countries. Occupation by other countries. People have lost their. Wives, children... Husbands, fathers in other countries, and people have had refugees seeking seeking uh, protection in other countries, but they are not welcomed like the like what some journalists have actually said the blind, blue like Ukrainians. Right. So we, we're going to talk more about this as, as we go along because this is not going to be over right, right. today. But this is was just our take since it's literally been eight days, seven or eight days. Since That's right. The, uh, seems longer, but it's just seems been eight longer. Days. But it's only been seven or eight days since the, the Russians invaded Ukraine. And on to our next quick topic is the State of the Union. The State of the Union address was given by presented by President Biden on Tuesday, March first, and there were several things that were percu- that were noticeable about that. Number one, unlike the last couple of years, the last year, few years when we were under COVID, it was there were more people in, and when I say people, uh, senators and congress people in actually in the House chambers. Mm -hmm. The State of the Union address is always given in the House chambers, not the Senate chambers. Right, Right. And the Speaker of the House Literally has to has to invite the president to come speak, and and then the president accepts that invitation. So me being the historian, <laughs> I've done let people know that. But the first thing is that when you see President Biden being flanked by Vice President Kamala Harris, who is the first woman. First African American woman, first South Asian woman, Asian woman to be vice president, and she is second in line for the presidency. On the other side, Nancy Pelosi, the first and only woman to be speaker of the House, and she is third in line for the presidency. So you have the first, you you have uh, President Biden, and then the second and third in line for the presidency are both women. That is historic. Mm -hmm. Um, it really is. It, it is historic. The The points, and, and I did an article on We Are Speaking on the different points that Biden hit on the State of the Union yesterday. So you might want to look that up um, because that, that, that article has already been posted where I go point by point on some of the things he hit and he did not hit on the State of the Union, at, at the State of the Union address. But the other thing is that and, and then we're going to keep coming back to this, because if you don't know by now, we, Keith and I are Democrats, dyed the wool Democrats, liberals and progressives. And so we look at it through those eyes, but we are also old enough to remember how things have been and how things have changed. I'm a little bit older than Keith. I actually remember President Dwight D. Eisenhower. I was a young, young, young child, but I do remember him. I remember the Central Park, the Central High School, was it not Central High School 9? I remember that. I remember the National Guard being going into that. And I remember how the Republican Party was different under Eisenhower than it is today. So we're going to be speaking about that. And so as we go into the, oh, this, and, and at the State of the Union, how the Republican Party has devolved literally devolved to um, nothing but name-calling, power-grabbing, and ugliness from 99.9% of the Republicans. And one of the ugly, ugly things that happened at the State of the Union was Representative Lauren Bobart from Colorado and Representative Marley Ta- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia actually screaming at President Biden during the State of the Union. Not only was that rude and classless, but it was a complete and total break from protocol. Usually, depending on the party of the president, the other party kind of sits there all stone-faced and hardly claps or anything like that, and that's to be expected. And for the most part, except when you talked, we talked about talked about Ukraine. The Republicans sat there stone-faced and didn't clap or anything. But to actually scream, stand up, and scream—not only did they scream at the president, but they screamed out things that had no, no, that didn't, that didn't. I don't want to say didn't matter, but that were not relevant. Uh, especially, Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about build a wall. You know, and and, and things like that. But Lauren Boebert actually screamed about the 13 people, 13 soldiers who were killed during the Afghan, when, when we were leaving Afghanistan. That wasn't President Biden's fault. That wasn't Americans' fault. That was the Taliban trying to disrupt that. But she didn't scream about the thousands of soldiers that have been killed in Afghanistan before that one day. Well,
1: the other thing that has to be pointed out though about that, which is, very because all that's that's very true. And um, but the, but all is going back to when I forget that representative's name, but who screamed at Obama right, saying right. you lie. Exactly. It's, you exactly. know, and it's the, it's the same tactic. I mean, they're they're they're. I've the been right, screams, right, right, and they're not. Their tactic is, you know, and and that was race related. But that time, you know, when President Obama, you know, but I think they're. The t- the tactic is it has nothing to do with the facts. You know, I mean, well, right. I say because like, you mentioned because you're right that she's not talking about the thousands of there, but they don't care. I mean, right. that this is it has nothing to do with any what what this has to do with is strictly for, because because Marjorie Taylor Greene isn't on any committees. She not right. pull off so the committee, anything. you know. So her for her her full time job in her mind, and it would have been the same if she'd been on a committee, is to disrupt. Right, and that's what they do, and it goes back from from her you know, wildlife fanaticism to, to Mitch is the same way. I mean, when, when Mitch said when when President Obama got elected that their number one job was getting him unelected. Right. You know, I mean, make a one president. On, that meant that it, it, not, not, they didn't want they didn't want anything to get done. They didn't care about any business of the American people. The only thing they cared about was disrupting. Right. And since that time, we you know what, what Boebert and Green were doing was basically representative of what the whole Republican Party is doing, which is, is simple disrupting, carrying on no business, you know, same like when they had no plank, you know, they had, they, they, they all, their only plank during the convention was whatever or Trump said, for mm-hmm. 2020, was whatever Trump says, it's the same thing now it's they, just disrupt, make noise cause problems, but they have no plan, no issue, and that's what they're continuing to do.
0: As a matter of fact the night of the uh, 2009 inauguration, President Obama's first inauguration, Stop. that night, the Republicans met in a hotel room to Strategize how to stop him at every every level. Right. I mean, on the day of the inauguration, right? Okay, and 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 that has been their plan all along, and so we're seeing that come to fruition now with all the things that the, the Republicans are doing to not only subvert the the, the vote, okay, suppress the vote, right. I should suppress, say, right. but also to take over the counting of the votes that are made. Right, right. And, and and actually want to throw out any votes that they don't like. Mm-hmm. And that is very dangerous. It's very anti-American. And so we'll be talking about this a lot, uh, with along with the, all of the other issues, both in our articles and in the weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. So we want to know what you think. The last thing uh, that I want we want to talk about was the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown mm-hmm. Jackson. And not only is it historic, it's the first black woman to be actually nominated in the 246 years of this of 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 this country the reaction is 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 typical okay typical and atypical not only is she highly qualified yes joe biden promised in south carolina he promised Representative, who uh, was not the majority, with Jim Clyburn, that Clyburn, that he would uh, nominate a black woman for the Supreme Court if he had the opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's and he kept that promise. Now people forget, well, I should say people, I said some Republicans forget that Ronald Reagan. Also promised to nominate a woman to the Supreme Court when he was campaigning mm-hmm. for president, and at that time there had not been not a single woman on the Supreme Court in all in the whole history of the Supreme Court. And Sandra Day O'Connor was the first woman nominated and then approved for the right. Supreme Court. He promised that, and he, he and, and he fulfilled his right, promise. Right. And there was a whole, you know before then there had never been a woman on the Supreme Court, so she was the first. And then Donald Trump. He immediately said he was going to nominate a woman to take the place of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and he did that because he figured a woman would help him disseminate Roe v.ersus Wade, which is number is one of their number one issues. And so he promised he would he would um, nominate a woman. He did, and even though Mitch said when Obama was president that eight months or ten months before an election was too soon to nominate a Supreme mm-hmm. Court justice, Mitch had no problem, and Trump had no problem. While the election was going on, people had already started voting in October Okay, Uh, because of early voting. And so not only had people already started voting, but it was a month before the actual election day. They had no problem with really ramming through Amy cohn right? And so it's a hypocrisy of the Republican Party. But with Judge Brown Jackson, the Republicans are again showing their racist, sexist sides saying that, how is she qualified? Is, is, is this is this is this affirmative action? These kinds of things. And Tucker Carlson said, well, why don't you make Biden show us her L.S.A.T. L.S.A.T. <S-S-A-T> scores. L.S.A.T. scores. That's a test that's taken for people to get into law school. Okay. Number one, he never asked that for anybody else, number one. And the only thing that the, that test is for is to get into law school. It has nothing to do. You know how many people go into law school and never even graduate? And those who graduate who don't pass the bar? And and then those who graduate and pass the bar being on being a federal a judge for almost a decade. Right, okay. but it's
1: also, I mean, it's it's the again. It's hubris. Yes, it's that. It's also the disruption again. Right, I mean, exactly. like I said, I mean, the the whole thing is is that there is it, the racism is obvious, but it's that, but that's where they live, you know, at this point. But I think it's and it's 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 that it's also just anything to disrupt because I mean, any number of people, the president, obviously, and others have pointed about pointed out. Her, her and, and as Pam just said, her credentials are impeccable and, and and nobody can argue with that, but that doesn't matter to them. Right. You right. know, none of that, because ma- when people say, I can't believe they would oppose, it has, you got to understand, it's nothing, it, she could be Jesus, you know, it wouldn't matter. The The whole point is that this, she's not, she's not just a Republican, she's not a Trump Follower, right? You, I mean, she is not she's approved. Not she's not white. She's not approved. She's not well. She wouldn't have to be. I mean, the the person, one of the guys who's running for governor in Michigan right. is That's Trump endorsed, you know, and he's black, you know. So I mean, it's it's a matter of Trump, and it's a matter of and Trump supports him. right? You know, I mean, and if and if she, if the person is not Trump endorsed then 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 everything, you know, then the floodgates open. And
0: and it's, and, and and it's 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 not lost on people with sense that Judge Brown Jackson, not only is she. Highly qualified, including clerking for just for, for Associate Justice Stephen Breyer, who she is replacing. But she has been supported by all of the uh, by all of the uh, former clerks. The, the whole. Community of former clerks of Supreme progressives, liberals, and Democrat liberals and conservatives um, who who are part of that club of, of of former clerks, and by justices who can speak up. Not all just not all judges can speak up, or are supposed to speak up because they're supposed to be impartial. But those who can speak up have also spoken up to her qualifications, both on the on the liberal side and on the conservative side. Mm-hmm. So these people who are trying to. Disrupt what she is doing and trying to disrupt her her nomination. First of all, even going back further than that, she has been quite, She has been appointed. She she has been voted in by the Senate three other times as a judge, including just a year ago. Mm-hmm. So these same Republicans are saying, "Oh, she's not qualified." Wait a minute, you just voted for her a year ago and said she was fine. Now all of a sudden she's not fine. Excuse me. So oh, this is another thing that we're going to be following because uh, right as of this week, she is going around meeting all of the different senators who she ha- who who she needs to talk with, including Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell met with her, and I mentioned that because when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland, he didn't even allow meetings like right, these. Right, all all right. all these people have to meet with the different senators before the hearings even start. He didn't even allow the meeting to, to the meetings to take place. You know, so we have to remember that and remember what is happening because there's so many things happening all over the world, Mm. locally, statewide Mm. and nationally, that it's hard it's hard to keep everything straight. So hopefully (laughs) from our point of Mm. view on We Are Speaking, we're helping to keep things straight. And as the right now the meetings are going on, so as the hearings start in a couple of weeks We'll be back to talk about what's going on in the hearings. And so we hope that, number one, that you will enjoy this episode, that you will leave your comments and thoughts because we don't want to talk at you. We want to talk with you. Absolutely. So um, we invite you to do that. And also, I want to thank you for listening. We're going to talk to you next week. But please remember to leave your comments and thoughts. And please remember to check out our website, teamowens three one three. GCC.com, which is a sponsor of this podcast. Talk to you next week.
1: See you next week.